in today's show. We're looking ahead to Thursday in the NBA, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here for Thursday to look ahead to what we're streaming in for points leagues, for category leagues. Even a bit of a back-to-back action at the back end of things. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Let's look at points leagues for Thursday. There's only five games on, so it's an eminently streamable day. If you've got nothing going on on Wednesday, no active spots, you should have been planning for this already. But here we are now to look at what we can do for Thursday. And the big fella, Isaiah Hartenstein, he's a great ad. He's killing it. He's outplaying Ivica Zubats every game. But with a not, lot of names on this list, we have to f- cross our fingers and hope that things go our way. Because Ty Lue, despite what I think has been yeah, at least 60% of this year, Hartenstein's been better than Zubats. He's played more minutes than him about 10% of the time. And Zubats has had some strong runs for sure. But in general, it's been a battle to get Hartenstein these minutes. It's happening now, but there's no guarantee, especially with Lou, that that sort of stuff continues. I still think he's a great ad because, again, we're trying to follow patterns and trends and we're actually watching this shit with our eyes and seeing Hartenstein play this well that we've got to grab him and see what happens, especially on a day like this. Alex Caruso. I know it's been a struggle the first two games. I don't expect him to score three points per game. I expect that to go up a little bit, but the minutes are there, the role is there, the value is there. You get the Thursday-Saturday combo here from Caruso as well, and he's available in a lot of spots. I think that's just a, a real feather in his cap as well that you can just go and have a look and see if he's there and have a flyer. Now, the next one's a real iffy one to me because there's no LeBron James. There's no Anthony Davis for the Lakers on Thursday. Dwight Howard had played 30 minutes a night the two games prior to Tuesday. And then Tuesday, without those two blokes, he played five minutes. Now, there is not a single person in the world that could have predicted that Dwight Howard would start, play five minutes, and then never play again. You can't do it. So I look at this and go, okay, which one is it? Does he play the five minutes and never play again? Does he go back and play 30 with no LeBron or no Davis there? I honestly don't know. The thing that leans me a little bit towards saying, yeah, Dwight, is that they're playing against the Jazz and Rudy Gobert. And do you want to play Carmelo Anthony at center in that situation? Do you want to play a maybe not even available Wenyan Gabriel there? I think that this matchup will enable Dwight to play more minutes. But I honestly don't know. So it's a massive risk. Dwight Howard could be a 12 and 16 player with two blocks in 30 minutes. He could have one and one in four minutes. I honestly have no idea. But the opportunity is there with Davis and LeBron out. Killian Hayes, uh, that's a no-brainer to me. Look, he's playing so well at the moment that, yes, it could fall away. But I have more confidence in his minutes staying up than I do for Hartenstein's or Howard's really like what he's doing. 
Much like Dwight Howard, I don't know what to think with Carmelo Anthony. Played 15 minutes last game. They played Trevor Ariza, and I am critical of Carmelo Anthony a lot. He's significantly better than Trevor Ariza. Again, how do you predict that Trevor Ariza, who hasn't played in 14 straight games, will come in and start the second half and play 23 minutes? Like, you can't. It's impossible to do. So I think that, you know, I hope that sanity prevails and we get some more minutes from Mello as they have to rely a bit on his shot making. But it could go tits up really quickly. Kevin Herter, yeah, he's available. That's a really strong stream. Uh, Aya Desunmu, not a bad one. Look, obviously, the value for him has dropped off significantly. The NBA's sort of, I don't know, figured him out. I don't know if that's the right phrasing for it, but that little burst that he had is long in the rearview mirror, but the games are there. The two qualities, the minutes are solid enough, although Kobe White did take them off him last game. Terrence Mann, it's a big hit with Paul George coming back, absolutely, but... 24, 25 minutes is an expectation I think we could have. And there's at least something there to use him for the Thursday. Royce O'Neal's been shithouse, but maybe because they're playing the Lakers, there's an opportunity for him to go big. At least we know he's going to start and play minutes. And then Kelly Olenek probably only plays 20 minutes, but we sort of have eight assists last game. He can be at least useful, but it does get yeah, iffy here. Like, I like the Hartenstein stream. I love the Hayes one. I love Herder. And yeah, then you get Howard's a bit iffy. Mallow's a bit iffy. Caruso's up and down. It's not great. It's not great options out there. There are a few good ones, though, so we can't completely ignore them. Let's go to ESPN and find some streaming options there. Malik Monk. Now, if he is available, I didn't put him in Yahoo because he's over 50% rostered. But if he's there, look, he's a great one. Hardenstein, Caruso, Kevin Love's only 30% roster on ESPN, and there is no Evan Mobley. There is no um, Jared Allen, of course. Love should play 30-plus, we hope. And yeah, you just got to use him, don't you? Dasunmu, O'Neal, Herder. Matisse Thibel's 8% roster on ESPN. I know Thibel is frustrating. I know he's annoying in terms of where the production is. 8% is too low. And you can actually stream him in for 12s. And then Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard. Kennard went off last game, played 30 plus minutes, scored well. Much like all of the Clippers rotations, I have no ability to trust it whatsoever because of what Ty Lue has shown us all season. They are who we thought they were. That's exactly what he does. It's just that shit will just rotate every game. And from a coaching perspective, yeah, rhythm's annoying, but I get it. This guy's playing well playing. This guy's not, don't. Especially when the guys, there's no actual difference between the value of or the ability of a man or a coffee or a canard or these guys. It's not like one guy's way better. It's not like playing Jeff Doughton over Cole Anthony because he was playing well at the time. All right, so I understand it from a real life perspective. It's just frustrating for us. Sitting here as fantasy people trying to bloody work out what the hell the rotation's going to be and riding a hot hands and dropping it at the right time. It's really bloody tough to do. But that doesn't matter because I'm here to tell you about NBA Top Shot, the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. Connect with a passionate community of NBA fans across the globe and build your collection with your favorite moments from NBA history. NBA Top Shot is the future of being an NBA fan. It's part trading card, part stock market, part fantasy sports with also a built-in loyalty program. NBA Top Shot has evolved trading cards and made it easier to buy, sell, and trade by removing the hassle of card grading, shoe boxes, and binders. There's a 24-7 peer-to-peer marketplace that lets you scroll through all your favorite players and teams. And once you've found that moment that you've been looking for, you can buy it with just a couple of clicks. People will say, yeah, why would I bother getting a video highlight that I can just watch for free on YouTube? Well, it's not just about watching a highlight. It's about having ownership in the stock market of the NBA's greatest moments. If you sign up for NBA Top Shot today, the best way to start is getting yourself a starter pack. You can pull a moment of a superstar like LeBron or KD or Cade, Evan Mobley, and the pack's just nine bucks. 
So head over to lockedon.nbatopshot.com to start building your collection today. Let's go to category leagues. What are we doing in the points category? Who can we stream in to hopefully give us some value in that one? Well, let's start in LA. Let's start with the duck, Luke Kennard. Quack, quack. Don't know why I quacked, but that's fine. We can stream him in for points. It could bite us in the ass, but yes, we can try that. Kobe White, well, he's going to do nothing else, really is he? He's going to hit threes and score points. He was up minutes over Desunmu last game, even though Desunmu started. And White is an option there. It's, an, it's a rough time, man. There's not much streaming of, of, um, options available here. Kelly Olenek, like maybe, maybe, I don't know. Taylor Horton Tucker, the Lakers, it's a mess. The rotation's a disaster. Horton Tucker played 17 minutes last game. He could play 30 and have 18 points in this game. Very easy. I wouldn't bat an eyelid if it happened. I wouldn't go, wow, that's bloody random. I'd go, okay, cool. That makes sense. No worries. Cool, whatever. But I don't know. Looks in. It's a complete mess. Grayson Allen off the bench, but his minutes were still the same. Doesn't do anything apart from score, so if he's not doing that, why is he playing? Dwight Howard. Well, I've talked about Dwight enough. I have no idea what to expect. None. But trying to use logic and trying to use how this could possibly look, it would lead me to say maybe Dwight. But bloody hell, it's risky. Stan Johnson, another one who could play 18 minutes or play 35. I think he's going to play 35, but I don't know. Frank Jackson, much in the mold of Kobe White or Luke Kennard. If he's not scoring, why is he out there? He's going to take shots for sure. Killian Hayes, love what he's been doing recently. Let's hope that continues. And then in Cleveland, Lamar Stevens. He's had a couple of big scoring games. He's not the most reliable source of that, but he's an option for us. Let's go to threes. Some of the same names will appear here, like the Duck, Luke Kennard, Kobe White, Grayson Allen. The big fella, Georgie Niang. Basically, every shot's a three for him. So you could easily hit three today. Um, they also have the uh, pseudo back-to-back coming up as well. DJ Augustin, very similar. It's going to take a lot of them. Paddy Connaughton was down last game against the Sixers, but an opportunity for him to get back over 20 minutes and hit a couple of threes for us. Pat Mills is doing, honestly, nothing. But when he is out there, he will take a lot of threes. Whether that's in 20 minutes or not, he could get up five threes. He will do nothing else. But he could have 12, 0, and 0. It's possible, and they all come from threes. Nico Batum, Dan Green. Yeah, they're pretty you know, older players, obviously, but they're going to take a lot of them. You get two triples out of them. Any of these guys here, you feel like at least two threes, maybe three to four. And that's why streaming three-pointers is always a viable option. Let's look at the rebounds. It's tough. It's not easy. Dwight Howard, like sure, maybe, but probably not, but maybe yes. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know what to expect. Against Gobert, I do think that he plays more. But basically any decision I could make for the Lakers, um, they seem to do the opposite. So I don't have trust in it. Onyekara Kongwu, I know what his role is going to be. Backup, 18 minutes, six, seven boards. Cool, done. Tristan Thompson, I know what his role is. Backup, 15 to 17 minutes, five, six boards, done. They, that helps you if you're looking for that. Nicky Claxton, he's got the backup role over LaMarcus Aldridge. But like Ty Lue, like Frank Vogel, the Nets rotations can be all over the place. And Aldridge can come in at any point here. But still, I like Claxton, double-digit rebound upside. And then it's a little tougher. Killian Hayes is a very good rebounder for a point guard, but he's still a point guard. Kelly Olenek is not a great rebounder for a big man. And he's not going to play huge minutes, but still four or five, maybe. Nico Batum, Lamar Stevens. These are not great rebound options, but they still might get four or five. Rudy Gay, especially if Bogdanovich is out. Gay has been playing a few more minutes and maybe there's six boards in him. And then you go to Moses Brown, which is a real um, like dart throw, 
situation there. But with Mobley and Allen out, I don't think they start him. But in the past, remember, they have started Ed Davis. Ed Davis, who, again, 99% of NBA fans would not know he plays for Cleveland, but they have started him. Now, Brown has leapt ahead of Davis. He's been playing some minutes. Conceivably, he could play 20 minutes, and he might be the one that actually turns it around. I honestly don't think they do it, but it's not outrageous to suggest that he would get in there. And the more and more I think about it, the more I think that maybe he can push to 17 to 20. Maybe. Let's look at some assist streams now. Killian Hayes, absolutely one of the best out there. Him and Goran Dragic, six or seven assists, that's what you want. And then it's a drop. Corey Joseph, does he even get to 20 minutes? Does he even get three assists? I don't know. The minutes have been very low, which is great, but they've been low. Luke Kennard, like maybe three. DJ Augustin, maybe two. Kobe White, he did have five last game, but not a noted passer. Kelly Lenick had eight last game. That's absolutely random, and it's not something that you should expect. Horton Tucker, if he plays 17 minutes, then it's pointless. If he gets to 30, then he could have six. But who knows? Lou Williams and DeLon Wright, they're going to play some minutes. There's just not many great options available for assists. As I have said so many times, it's very, very hard to get reliable assist players off the waiver wire. It's here, basically. Time is here after months of playing college basketball has determined the top teams for the final four and will determine this year's national champion this week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. For your latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. Now, I tried to, last show I did, I was I had no idea what I was looking at. The odds were all over the place, but now I know. I'm, I'm locked in. For the final four games, Villanova is a four-point underdog against Kansas. And Duke, Duke is a four-point favorite over UNC. I think Nova's going to upset Kansas, but at least take them on the plus four there. I think that Duke... I think North Carolina will beat them. I think North Carolina straight up will beat them. I don't know why, because I don't watch college basketball until after the season. So there you go. Nova. Let's go Nova and the Tar Heels. And you can check all that out over at Bet Online. It's not just basketball, though. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online is where the game starts. Let's stream in some steals now. Who have we got? that we do here. There are a few decent options. Number one of those is DeLon Wright, great steel streamer. Number two is Killian Hayes, really good steel streamer. They are great options. You drop off a bit after that, but there's still some guys that I like here. Nico Batum, very good steals player. Horton Tucker, good steals upside guy. Stan Johnson, three steals possible for Stan. Dan Green, what the hell else does he do? Hit threes, get steals, get blocks. That's it. So he's an option for us. Of course, if Matisse Thibel is around in your league, 8% rostered on ESPN, which seems like the biggest jerk-off number of all time. There's no way that he's rostered 8%, but that's the number they're telling me. If he's available, then yeah, that's of course all he does. Isaac Okora can get four steals. Paddy Williams, eh, maybe. He doesn't offer much more apart from defensive stats, but he's getting them at the moment. And then Goran Dragic and Wes Matthews, who I wouldn't want to rely upon those guys to get steals, but there is a decent chunk of players who can help you in the steals category who are available in a lot of different spots. It is the complete opposite for the blocks category. We have really very few options here. Okongwu, yep, like it. Really strong role. Nick Claxton, yes. Three block upside, no problem. And then Killian Hayes, 
He's like a 0.8 blocks per game guy. You might get one, you might not. Nico Batum, similarly, you might get one, you might not. Howard's got the upside, but what are the minutes? No bloody idea. Danny Green, great shot blocking guard, but it's the same sort of area as Hayes and Batum. Moses Brown, yeah, two to three block upside. Do they play him 25 minutes? If he does, then yeah, that's great, but who knows? Kelly Linick, yeah, maybe. Horton Tucker, probably not. And then Jim Johnson, who is playing a lot of minutes, probably inexplicably in, Bo in Brooklyn, but he's getting the minutes, and he is a guy that can bring those blocks in bushels. Let's go to field goal percentage. Some more reliable options here. Okongwu, Klaxo, Dwight Howard, again, depending. Lamar Stevens, um, the C part of Moses Brown, really good field goal guy. Tristan Thompson, a good field goal guy. Javante Green, Isaac Okoro, good field goal percentage options. Paddy Williams and Serge Ibaka. We go to free throw percentage as the last one before we look at back-to-backs. Corey Joseph, George Hill, DJ Augustin, Luke Kennard, Kobe White. Very, very good options for free throw percentage. Lou Williams, Austin Reeves, DeLon Wright, also really good free throw guys who should play at least a solid enough role to get some value there. Then you've got Shake Milton and George Niang, whose value is a little bit iffy, but they're still good, really good free throw shooters. So you can actually get some decent free throw producers coming off the waiver. You can't get huge volume, but if you're real close in a free throw, you might just get a couple of guys who come in and go two for two or three for three and really help you out there. So let's look at the back-to-back -back streams. Normally, I would say, let's look at the pseudo back-to-back. -back. Let's look at the Thursday, Saturday, because there are 10 games on Friday. But I just did a show literally earlier today with the waiver wire where I talked about the Thursday, Saturday combo. Friday's got 10 games, so you likely don't have an active roster spot, but you might. And in that case that you do, hey, here are some blokes you can look at to get the Thursday, Friday combo. Killian Hayes. Yeah, look, we've talked about him ad nauseum. Luke Kennard. Good value on that back-to-back. Olenek. Batum. Grayson Allen, Horton Tucker, Corey Joseph, Paddy Connaughton, DJ Augustin, that's a bit rough. Austin Reeves, also a bit rough, considering where the minutes are going. But there's a bunch of guys who, if you do have that active roster spot, Killian Hayes is a great one, you go and add him and try him for that Thursday, Friday. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up, leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.